Welcome to the Spooky Dookie Podcast, the only horror podcast for you social outcasts. Hosted by us, I'm Derek. I'm Mike. And today is a very different episode. So, you know, normally we will review the movie and then, uh, or we'll go over the movie, then we'll give our reviews, whether it's spooky or dookie. Um, we're doing a movie called Hereditary that um, everyone should have heard about by now. Um, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. We're going to spoil it. Um, I'm pretty sure we're both going to give this movie a spooky. But my job for this episode is to convince Mike that this is probably one of the best horror movies of this decade. <laughs> because uh, in their tier list, Mike didn't put it in the spooky category. He refused to. And he wouldn't let me do it. And well, I we met in the board. middle. Where I said it was good, you said it was you said it was spooky, but we went to great, like to right. Just, like, all right, right, you can convince me, but uh, okay. So, Hereditary is a movie directed by Ari Ari Aster. Um, he directed short films, a lot of short films. I believe this was actually his first movie he directed. Um or first feature film that he directed. Um, the first one he ever did was The Strange Thing About the Johnsons. Have you seen that? Nope. Very disturbing. <laughs> Have you seen that? You understand why this movie is disturbing. That movie is really messed up. Uh-oh. I feel like that's A24's endgame of just doing low-budget, unsettling psychological thrillers. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, <clears throat> hereditary. Um, it starts off like weird because um, Tony Collette's character, her name is Annie, and she designs um, like doll houses or something like that, sort of. Um, so she's an artist, I think, yeah. that does uh pieces that are like replica replica models like diorama things yeah yeah she just make replica models of everything so um the opening shot is like a replica model of their actual house so you like zoom in into the the model house but as you zoom in you zoom in into the uh to peter's bedroom uh and peter's the oldest son played by alex wolf a former Naked Brothers band member. Um, and uh, they are preparing to go to a funeral. Um, Peter doesn't seem too upset about his grandmother's passing. He, he really doesn't care. Uh, the father doesn't really care either. Um, it's Tony Collette's character, Annie. It's her mother's passing. So she's struck and hard by it and so is her daughter Charlie who is very very strange <clears throat> um so they go to the funeral and Tony Collette she says that like as she's giving her speech or you eulogy say, you should call her Annie instead of Tony Collette it's hard I'm so used to yeah but you're gonna have to <laughs> Says who? Okay. Most <laughs> people don't know who the fuck Tony Collette is. I think most people know who Tony Collette is, then they know the character's name is Annie. Okay. Yeah. It's your review. It's your review. Annie is at the funeral and um she says that um my mother was always a uh, person who kept herself she didn't have that many friends but i didn't really think that the funeral would be will turn out like this because it was so many people at the funeral and um it's this one scene like one part of the funeral uh charlie she's looking at the open casket and one of the people at the funeral was just staring at charlie smiling really hard did you notice that yeah so (laughs) Um, fast forward to them going back home or whatever. Um, Charlie's upset 
about his, her grandmother's passing because they were very, very close. And they explained how close they were later on. Um, Annie, it's so hard to call it Annie. <laughs> um, Annie is having a very hard time dealing with the grief of her passing. So she goes to grief counseling. Um, when she goes to grief counseling, she just tells her husband she's going to go see a movie. She doesn't want him to know that she's dealing with this for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe that's a thing. I don't know. Probably some sort of repression. Right. Where you don't want to have your family members dragged down with you. Yeah. Um, so when she goes to grief counseling, she explains her whole grandmother's backstory. I mean, her own mother's, uh, backstory about how, um, when she first got pregnant, she was pregnant with Peter and, um, her first, her, her mother didn't really have a close relationship anyway to begin with because, um, her father starved himself to death and her brother hung himself because he claimed that his mother was trying to put people in his head. Um, and then so Tony Collette didn't really, f- I mean, Annie, didn't there really go. <laughs> Annie didn't really feel, uh, she, I guess she didn't really forgive her mother for that. And, um, when she was pregnant with Peter, her mother was like trying to, you know, force a relationship with Peter and Annie did not like that at all. And she kept Peter away from her. And I guess as she got older, uh, Annie kind of felt bad about doing that to her mother. And so when she got pregnant again, she was pregnant with Charlie and, uh, she let her mother, you know, be the grandmother for Charlie. And she was super attached for Charlie and she even breastfed Charlie. Yeah. I was going to ask if that. I imagine that. Okay. That happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause she's, she said that she fed Charlie as a baby and like, was like, what does that mean? But then they, t- she like, to deal with grief, she will um, depict certain moments in her life into her art. And in one of the shots, she shows herself standing over her her mother's bed, watching her mother breastfeed her daughter. So that's how I put that together. But uh, <laughs> so, yeah, um, also the father got a call from the the uh, funeral home or the cemetery, uh, letting him know that the grave was dug up. And this is like right after they buried her. So he was like very confused, but he didn't let um, Andy know because he didn't want to stress her out even more because like her mother just died. So fast forward to Charlie. She's in her classroom, um, clicking away, uh, taking a test and she's playing with her toy or whatever. And, um, teacher tells her that she needs to pay attention, whatever, you know, basic school stuff. And a uh, bird flies into a window and during recess, she goes outside and, um, she steals a pair of scissors off the teacher's desk and she goes outside and cuts the bird's head off, uh, which is very important, you know, cause you know, headless is a very, uh, prominent theme in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't realize that, that that was actually important. Yeah. Um, so, wow, I said I know this movie like the back of my hand. <laughs> so after the whole school scene or whatever, well, they show Charlie in school. Didn't show Peter in school, and uh, Peter has this a crush on this girl in front of him. Uh, let me see if they got her name. Bridget. He has a crush on this girl named Bridget. Um, he's busy staring at her back side while she's sitting in front of him and uh the teacher's asking all these questions and i can't remember what play they were asking questions about but it's, i don't remember either yeah but you know how school scenes are in uh horror movies 
usually if they're asking questions about a certain thing, it has something to do with the plot. Yeah. But uh, um, he has Peter the question. Uh, I believe Bridget just answers for him or whatever. Uh, so also at the funeral, I forgot to man- mention, uh, Charlie likes to eat chocolate. She's eating chocolate. And it was like a really quick line where Annie says that, uh, is there nuts and nose? And if I was like, I don't know. And she was like, well, I left the EpiPen at home. So boom, you know that she's allergic to chocolate. Um, Annie, she, uh, so anyways, they go back home. The school's over. Um, Charlie sees this flashing light going around in her room or whatever, and it goes outside. So Charlie follows the light to go outside and, uh, as she goes outside, she sees her grandmother off in the distance, like on fire, <laughs> sitting in a chair, just on fire. And um, before she can even react to it, uh, Annie comes out of nowhere and grabs her and tells her to come back in the house. And then Peter also got invited to a party, um, a very happening high school party. He wants to go because Bridge is going to be there. And so he asks his mother for the uh, car. And Annie said, well, are you going to take Charlie? And he says that she want to go. And she was like, I don't know. Did you ask her? And then he rolls his eyes and he goes upstairs to ask her. And well, no, he even goes upstairs to ask her. She calls her down. And she was like, your brother's going to a party and you're going. She didn't want to go, but she was like, well, and he was like, well, it's going to be kids your age there. So you can have fun. Was there? No. <laughs> and also, has Charlie ever said a word? Um, yeah. Like, um, after the funeral, you know, she was like, uh, uh, Charlie was, um, Annie was tucking Charlie in and Charlie, she was just not talking. She was upset. And then she was like, uh, Charlie, she asked her mother, she was like, who's going to take care of me after you die? Oh yeah. 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 (laughs) And then she was like, well, you got Peter and your father. And she didn't really answer to that. Charlie was a rare, rare child. She didn't really speak much, but, uh, reminds you of a movie we distributed. (laughs) Um, so yeah. Uh, Peter takes Charlie to the party. Charlie doesn't want to go. Peter doesn't want to take Charlie, but he go. They go together because Annie didn't want Peter to drink and drive, and she figured that if Charlie would go, he's not going to drink and drive. And technically, he didn't drink and drive. He smoked, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, he goes to the party. He sees Bridget there, and uh, he tells Bridget that he has weed. And they should go to the back and smoke it. Oh, she said they should go to the back and smoke it. He was like, okay. So then he went to go tell Charlie. He was like, Charlie, I'm going to the back real quick. Also, first off, when they first go into the party, you see somebody chopping walnuts. So you know something's about to go wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, he tells Charlie that he's about to go to, to the back real quick. Just hang out. And she was like, but I don't know anybody here. And he was like, so it's okay. And he was like, look, see, they got chocolate cake over there. And she was like, but uh, they're not going to let me get any. They don't know me. And he was like, it's fine. Everybody's getting some. You'll get some. Turns out it's German chocolate cake, which has walnuts in it. Uh, <laughs> so he's um, in the back smoking with his friends. And uh, she's eating the cake. And her throat starts closing up. So she drinks water. And then she goes in the back because it gets real bad. And she, Peter's like knocked out because he's high. And she wakes him up and says, Peter, I can't breathe. And he freaks out and he goes into the, they, like they go in the car together or whatever. She gets in the back seat, and this is the infamous scene that everybody made memes about. Um, so she couldn't breathe. Uh, he's driving really fast and there's a, I believe a dead deer in the middle of the road. And uh, she rolls down the window to stick her head out so she can breathe. And since there's a dead deer in the middle of the road, he swerves out the way to get around it. And there's a pole right there on the side and he's speeding and he doesn't hit the pole, but her head hits the pole because her head is out the window and then knocks her head clean off. I didn't see that coming. Nobody saw it coming. <laughs> I thought it was good. Like, Charlie was going to be like alive and she was going to be the main focus. Like yeah. the way that they would put it in the trailers. Like, yes. Oh my God. I was like, what the fuck? Is this a dream? My jaw was dropped the whole time. <laughs> everybody was like, yeah. You just hear everybody gasp real loud yeah. in the theater. I'm I was just like, scene. I was just like, what? 
because the whole time I I really didn't want to see this movie when it came out because I'm like, okay, basic movie about a little girl possessed. Yep. Nope. <laughs> she she just <laughs> she dies within like the first 30 minutes of the movie. It's just like, wow. I didn't want to see this movie when it first came out too. Then they started comparing it uh, to The Exorcist. Yeah. And I we all it. know how highly regarded that movie is. So I was like, all right, I'll check I, it out. I remember when we first went to go see it, um, I went to go buy the tickets from the uh, guy at the ticket booth. And he was like, well, what movies y'all going to go see today? I was like, yeah, can we get it two for Hereditary? And he looked at me. He was like, yeah, that movie was, that movie was pretty scary. I was like, ah, okay. And he was like, no, nah, man, that, that movie is just real scary, man. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, <it> was, <laughs> when you're getting a warning with your tickets, that's pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> so that whole scene happens in um, Peter. Oh, my God. You just see it from his point of view, like him driving home. And you see him looking in the rear view mirror, but he doesn't look all the way up. You just see um, Charlie's body there, but he he doesn't look like at her head because it's not there. He, he just keeps looking straight and you just see a single tear roll down his eyes. And it's just such a heavy scene because you, you just he killed his own sister and it was an accident. But it was because he was just stupid and it was just it's so messed up. And then so he gets home and he just lays on the bed. Cause like, what else do you do? Like, you don't want to tell your parents that you just killed your little sister. So he just lays in bed. Plus he's in shock and he just lays in bed. And he um it's just I just love the shot where he just laying in bed, you just see his face and you know that sun's like it's dark and then you see the sunrise and then you hear the um Annie and Steve wake up. And Annie says she's going to, I think she says she's going to get a cup of coffee or something or take the car to get some coffee. I don't remember. And she goes outside and you just hear her screaming. The just, screams and the crying in this movie are really, really good and unsettling. It's so tough, dude. <laughs> what would you do if if, if you were uh, him? I would have killed myself right away. I could never deal with that guilt. I wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't. I I feel it's, like I'd be in like a shock that I'd just be like, what? And then just walk in front of a car. And it's so rough because, and this movie does a, such a good job of like putting you in everybody's shoes. Like, you know, that Peter, you you, you hate to understand the guilt that Peter's going through. And uh, Annie, she got like some sort of guilt towards it too because Charlie didn't want to go to the party, but uh, Annie made her go anyway. And, and then Steve, he's just in the middle of it. And it's just. Yo, Steve sucks. Steve's character was fucking just there. I mean, it's really nothing much they could do with him. No, no, like it's just, it's just weird. I know that they're giving off this vibe of just like this cold, tense, distant family, but everyone kind of had a thing, and then he's just kind of like, "I'm Steve." <laughs> <laughs> he was a straight man. The uh, he wasn't comforting at all to anyone or anything. Didn't really try. The, th- the thing is, what about this movie? I, I, they don't feel like they're a family. They feel like they're four strangers living together that are all just like emotionally dead. I mean, yeah, because at that point they are strangers. Even before that, another. even before all the trauma happened, I feel like just they were just they weren't a family. I don't know. I mean, like the scene in the very beginning, it seemed like Steve and Peter had a good relationship. Peter and Annie never had a good relationship. Anyway, yeah. um, maybe just everything just fell off. Cause like the movie starts off with a tragic event where mm-hmm. just everybody feels distant with the grandmother passing. It's just, it's a lot, <laughs> but, um, so yeah, uh, <laughs> trying to think what happens next. Um, I don't want to get out of order. What I think happens next is the classroom scene with Peter, right? Possibly. Uh, no. Like which classroom scene? When he's getting crazy. Oh, that's at the end. Um, so Annie, she, of course, is like upset. Um, like after that whole scene happens, they like jump to the future towards like after Charlie's funeral. Like they don't even show her funeral. They do show her head on the side of the road, though. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. <laughs> that stuck with me for a minute. Yeah, that was disturbing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, so after the funeral, Annie, she uh, goes back to grief counseling and she, she meets a woman by the name of Joel, I believe. Let me double check. 
Joan, Joan. She meets a woman by the name of Joan. And um, Joan, oh. Joan no. bangs so she, on her, on wait, her, no. her, her car so, window. Right, yeah. So Annie, she was going to go to grief counseling. She pulls into the parking lot, but then she realized she just can't do it anymore. She just can't handle it. So she was going to leave. But Joan comes out of nowhere and bangs on a window. And she was like, hi, how's everything? Um, are you doing okay? And, and uh, Annie, she was very confused about her asking, like, are you doing okay? Like, how does she know about Charlie? But no, she meant about her mother. Like, the whole, everything happening just made her forget about her mother. Like, and um, Annie was like, no, my daughter just passed away. And uh, I think she just said her daughter was killed. I think that's what she said. <laughs> It sucks. But, uh, and Joan said, yeah, my, uh, grandson passed away and he was seven or something. Uh, he drowned and, um, uh, Joan gave her her phone number and she was like, I understand what you're going through. If you have any, uh, if you need anybody to talk to, you can just call me, call this number. And, um, she writes down her number and then Annie leaves. Um, then fast forward to Peter being in school. Um, He's underneath the bleachers, smoking with his friends, and he uh, starts freaking out, thinking he can't breathe. But uh, I think he was just having a panic attack. Yeah, he was. Yeah, because he went home and he was perfectly fine. And when he went home, oh, that okay, yeah. So that happened before she met Joan, because he came, he came home from school. It was dark, and uh, when he got home, uh, Annie was sitting in the car, and she drove off as soon as he came in. And that's when she went to grief counseling and met John. Um, then fast forward, uh, there was like a random shot. Um, you see somebody put some mail into their mail slot. And you see this brochure about uh, channeling, talking to spirits or whatever. But uh, none of the family members ever even see that. But they did a good job at like showing that or whatever. I didn't even notice it. I don't remember. Yeah. So um, Annie, she's like working on... Uh, this project for some museum, I'm guessing, um, like she has to make a replica, like some building and, um, she has a deadline for it, but they left a message saying that they understand that she's going through a lot right now and that she can take her time. And, um, she realizes she needs more, uh, what's it called? Just some more materials or whatever. So she goes to the, some knockoff Joanne Fabrics place. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, as she's coming out, she sees Joan is in the uh, parking lot and Joan freaks out when she sees her. And she's like, oh, my God, Annie, Annie, you won't believe this. I is her name to... Joan or Joanne? I want to say it's Joan. Imagine it's Joanne and she's in Joanne's. <laughs> Just saying. Go ahead. But yeah, she uh, she's like, Annie, Annie, you won't believe what happened. I, I spoke to a medium and I know what you're thinking. I know you, you're going to think I'm crazy, but. Uh, it, it was real. It, it was real. They even had a skeptic there and it proved the skeptic wrong and he couldn't explain it. And I, 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 I talked to my grandson and she was like, you know, what? I have to show you, um, meet me at my place or whatever. And so Annie, she goes to Joan's place and, uh, Joan, uh, she, you know, there's some candles, you know, your basic medium stuff. <laughs> and uh, she puts down a chalkboard that her grandson used to always write on. And uh, the grand, the dead grandson starts to write with the uh, chalkboard. Yeah, with the chalk on the chalkboard. And it just said, I love you, grandma, Grammy, or some stupid shit. And uh, <laughs> Annie, she couldn't handle it anymore. She just started getting super emotional. And she said, can you please stop? And uh, so Joan, Joan stopped or whatever. And Joan gave her, she was like, well, if you want to do this at home. And she gave her a brochure, which is the exact same brochure that was um, dropped off to her in the mail. Um, explaining how to... Uh, channel spirits and so uh one night annie she decides to do it she has to say the words did you know those words that she was saying they were like written on the walls in the house no like even at the very beginning you see some words written on the uh, wall it was the words that she's recited but anyways she recites those words and she wakes her husband up um and she wakes up Peter 
And Peter's like very confused because they really haven't spoken to each other. Oh, I missed it. Like the import, like the most intense scene ever. The, uh, when they're the, eating together? Yes. <laughs> the whole dinner conversation. Oh my God. So um, their father made, uh, what's his name? Uh, Steve. He made some things, made dinner for everybody. And uh, Peter's like, oh, this is, like, it's real awkward and quiet. And Peter was like, oh, dad, this is really good. And um, Steve was like, thank you, Peter. And Peter looked at his mom, at Annie, and um, Peter was like, is there anything you need to say? And she was like, she was surprised that he said anything because, like, they never talked to each other. Mm-hmm. So she was like, what do you mean? And he was like, he's not even, like, looking at her. He's looking at her, looking at his own food. It's like, it just seems like uh, something's bothering you. And, you know, she does this, you know, typical thing. Oh, there's nothing bothering me. I don't know what you're talking about. And, like, it just blows up. Like, he was like, I know you you think it's my fault. You're blaming me and all this stuff. And it it was just it was so much i can't even like describe the scene because it was just the so acting weird. was perfect man tony collette <laughs> is a fucking crazy person who knows how to to display such emotion and grief and just confuse oh man it's fucking damn she was just where's the oscar <laughs> yeah well she didn't even get nominated <laughs> horror movies never do get out but anyway yeah it was like the first and that was like oh, it's whatever yeah <laughs> so yeah so fast forward to her um doing a whole incantation to talk to uh charlie she wakes up uh peter and peter's shocked because she just says i'm sorry i'm sorry for everything i said and talking about the whole dinner scene and um she's like, i just need you to come downstairs baby i need, I need you to come downstairs uh i have something to show you so he comes downstairs. Steve's already downstairs, very upset because it's like in the middle of the night. And um, she's like, "I can talk. I can talk to Charlie. I'm a, I'm a medium." She's like, "I've been seeing things, but I've been ignoring them. But I I shouldn't have been ignoring them because I'm a medium and I didn't notice and all this stuff." So she um, she puts like a candle on the table and calls for Charlie and the candle starts to move on its own. And uh, Peter, he starts to freak out a little bit. And then um, she pulls out Charlie's uh, drawing pad because Charlie used to draw a lot. And um, it starts to write, but they don't really show it writing anything because Steve hurries up and closes it because Peter's like freaking out real bad. And um, then uh, Annie's character, like she, she makes like this real loud noise, and then all of a sudden Charlie is talking through Annie, and she's just screaming for help. Like she was like, "Why is everybody staring at me? Uh, where's mommy?" And she just kept screaming for help. And uh, Peter was just crying, like he was sobbing because he was terrified, and um. Steve just splashes water on, on her and pretty much calls her crazy and says that we all need to go to bed. So they go to bed. Great job, Steve. <laughs> oh, I needed that water. Yeah, you're doing a good job. This is <laughs> Steve, damn, I get it. He just doesn't want to acknowledge it like any of them were doing it. But like uh, kind of shitty not to believe your wife was possessed for a second. He just says, go to bed. Okay, so here's my uh, theory. I think Steve is a psychiatrist. Possibly. He's very calm. And he, like, he emails somebody later on in the movie about her symptoms. Like, um, oh, that that she's showing signs of schizophrenia. He also brings up that she, uh, he brings up that uh, most schizophrenic uh, patients or whatever, or families of people with schizophrenia, they like feed into it and that makes it worse. And he said he's not willing to feed into it anymore and that she needs to seek help. And that's why he didn't like want to believe her and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll, we'll get more into that later on though. Um, so yeah. Uh, so after she channels Charlie, that's when uh, 
crazy things just start start to happen. Um, also, I forgot to mention when she went to Joan's apartment, she noticed a welcome mat and the welcome mat looked familiar. And she said that her mother has a similar welcome mat. Uh, but yeah. Anyways. Um, did they allude to that? Did her, did her grand, her mom like uh, sewing or something like that? Something? Yeah, she sold, she said her, her mother sold one like that before. But did they did they did they allude to it before that reveal? I mean, when she first went to Jones' apartment, that was it. But she didn't make a big deal out of it. I feel like I caught on to something, like around that point with the welcome mat. But I don't know how I would have known that. Um. So. Um. So inside of Charlie's room is uh, Charlie's drawing book or whatever, and it's just sitting there on her bed, and it flips open, and she starts drawing pictures of Peter. With her eyes, I mean, with his eyes crossed out, which I'll get into that later. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, uh, the movie continues. Uh, I don't know, it's just, you know, it becomes like a normal horror movie at this point. Just like weird things happening to Peter or whatever. But later on, um, I'm trying to think. Did we get to the classroom scene yet? Are you talking about like when he smashes nose? Yeah, I love that's that. Like, that's the very end. <laughs> okay, damn, I just I really like that scene. He stares into like a not a, like a trophy case, something that reflects, and he's just making this weird smile. Yeah. Like it's so unsettling. Okay, so Mike really wants me to get to that point, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna just go through it real fast. Okay, so um, after the whole, we should call it. Uh, so. Uh, I think she does go back to grief counseling, maybe, because she explains her whole situation with uh Peter and how um how they never had a good relationship because when they were kids, um Peter, when Peter and Charlie were kids, they were real young. Um, Tony, not Tony, but Annie, she goes into their bedroom. She was sleepwalking. She has a history of sleepwalking. She goes into their bedroom. And they're all soaking wet because she um, poured paint thinner on them and she had a lit match in her hand. And Peter screaming is what woke her up out of her uh, sleepwalking. And ever since then, Peter's just been afraid of her. So um, Tony Collette, she has a dream. I, I don't even remember what part of the movie this was, but she does have a dream where um, she you don't know it's a dream, but. Uh, she tells Peter that she wishes that he was never born and all this stuff. And he starts crying. It's like, why are you telling me this? And like, she starts crying, but like her hair is super wet. And then they shows Peter and he's super wet. And like, they just burst into flames and she just wakes up. And that scene was like crazy. Um, uh, and then, so it was one scene only reason I brought up the whole sleepwalking thing was because Peter was in his room sleep and he hears Charlie little noise and he looks up and he sees her and then her head falls off, but it turns out it's just a basketball. And then all of a sudden some hands grab him from behind the bed and he starts freaking out. And then um, he wakes up. And uh, Annie's in a room and she's like, she wakes him up and she's like, what's wrong? Why are you freaking out? And he was like, you grabbed me. You were choking me. You were trying to take my head off. And she was like, no, I wasn't. Because he, I guess he automatically thought it was her because. Yeah. The whole pain thing. Yeah. yeah. So she freaks out because she's, she, he, he's just like, it's Charlie, Charlie trying to get me or something. And so she freaks out and she thinks it's because of the whole cantation thing. And she goes into Charlie's room and looks at the, uh her drawing pad and she sees the drawing of uh, Peter with his eyes crossed out. And she's like, Oh no, this is wrong. We got to do something about this. So she tries to burn the, uh, the notepad. And when she's, uh, throws the notepad into the fire, her sleeve starts to catch on fire. And so she automatically, um, automatically assumes that if she burns the book, she's going to catch on fire. So she, takes the book out and then um so she goes looking for joan at the apartment but joan isn't there and uh because joan is at peter's school and peter is at lunch i think or something he's outside 
I don't know if they're having lunch outside, but he's sitting at a table outside and he just sees Joan. He doesn't know who Joan is, but he sees Joan across the street yelling his name. And she's like, Peter, get out. And like, just yelling, get out. And um, she's saying, I expel you or something like that. Um, I don't remember. But yeah, she's just yelling, Peter, get out, get out. I expel you. Get out, Peter. And uh, it was really weird. Like when I seen that, I was like, why is she yelling at him, telling him to get out? Like, is she warning him? So um, fast forward to him being back in the classroom. And this is the scene Mike kept bringing it up. <laughs> um, he's just in the classroom, like sweating, freaking out. And then um, he just looks like he hasn't slept in forever. And he looks at the trophy case and he sees his reflection. And mind you, he's freaking out. And but his reflection is like very cool, calm and collected and just smiling back at him. And uh, all of a sudden he like his face like tenses up and his hand is up in the air. Kind of look like a stroke victim. Like, do they lock up like that? I guess so. Yeah. He, and he just couldn't breathe. It looked like he was suffocating, suffocating. And then all of a sudden, um, what well, a teacher knows and like because he looks like he just got his hands up. Uh, but he's frozen. Everybody's freaking out. And all of a sudden he just slams his face up against the uh, dust real hard. And when he slams his face, it wakes him up. It snaps him out of it. Um, broke his nose, knocked himself out. Um, and, uh, Steve got a call from the school. Does it knock him out? I don't know. Cause when Steve, Steve got a call from the school and the school said that, uh, that he was freaking out about Charlie getting him and that they needed Steve to pick him up from school. So Steve picked him up from school and he's like knocked out in the back seat. And he had to carry him into the um, house and Annie, she pulls up at the same time and she sees Peter in the back seat. She's freaking out and she's like, what's wrong with him? And he was like, you scared them half to death. I got a call from the school saying that he's afraid of his dead sister coming back from the dead and killing him. And so He's very upset. Steve's very upset about this. And Annie is, uh, Annie's, well, he asks Annie for help uh, carrying uh, Peter upstairs to his room or whatever. Mind you, um, I forgot to mention this because it's like a really short line. They, they say at like the very beginning of the movie, well, not at the very beginning, but after the funeral, um, somebody mentions uh, it smells. It smells weird in here. It stinks. And I'm thinking it's like paint thinner. Like I'm thinking that's what he smells. Um, oh, well, while Steve was picking up uh, picking up Peter, Annie goes in the base, I mean, not in the basement, in the attic and sees her uh, dead grandma, I mean, her dead mother, burnt body in the attic just laying there. And uh, she sees the symbol that's also on uh, Joan's placemat and then Annie, she goes through all her mother's stuff and she sees like uh, this old photo album and it's like all these people and they have uh, everybody in that whole friend group. Uh, they all have these necklaces with that same symbol and rewind all the way back to like if you rewatch the movie, that pole, uh, Charlie had the symbol on it. Yeah, the pole Charlie got her head taken off with had the symbol on it. Um, that's why Annie went back to Joan's apartment looking for her, but uh, Joan wasn't there because she was telling Peter to get out. So, uh, and then um, that's when Steve and them pulled up, and then they put Peter in the bed, and Annie was trying to explain to Steve everything that's happening, and how he, she tried to explain who Joan is, and then. He, he just didn't want to listen. And she was like, fine, fine. If you don't believe me, go go upstairs to the attic. And he goes he goes to the attic. While he's going to the attic, she grabs the, uh, the uh, drawing pad. Oh, I like ready, this scene. Yeah, she's getting ready to put on the fire. And while she's grabbing the pad, you just hear Steve in the, uh, upstairs screaming, what the fuck, what, what? Because he sees the burnt dead body. And he thinks that uh, Annie is so sick that she is the one who... Dug up, up the body, the grave. yeah, and put it up there. But um, um, 
she is telling him that the whole time Annie's is like, I love you. I love you so much. Uh, uh, when Peter wakes up, let him know how much I love him and all this stuff. Cause she's getting ready to burn a book. Which would then burn her. Right. And uh, Steve just wasn't listening. Cause he grabbed the, he wanted her to, she wanted him to throw it in the fire, but he said, he's not going to uh, play this game anymore. He was like, uh, you're sick. I'm not going to feed into this anymore. You need to seek help. And so that's when she snapped. She snatches the book from him and tosses it in the fire. And then when she tosses it in the fire, instead of her setting on fire, he sat on fire. Bye, bitch. I was so happy. That would have been such a great surprise if they didn't put that in the trailer. I saw that. And they didn't show him burn in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Like they showed somebody next to her on fire. Yeah, but that shot looks so familiar. So I knew it was him. Why did he was, burn instead of her? She threw it in. I don't know. I looked into it. Like they said, because uh, uh, okay. So when she was going through the uh, book or whatever, like her mother stuff, she found a book about the demon that they're all like worshiping. His name is Payman, and apparently he's like the. Oh, demon of mischief or something so he probably just you know when fuck you yeah <laughs> what they're worshiping a demon what are you talking about Derek? oh yeah it turns out uh the mother was part of a cult and so was joan and just everybody and even the people at the funeral that's why the funeral was so huge they were all cult members and why that guy was smiling at charlie Right, because um. Oh wait, so hold on, hold on. Yeah, you didn't get to where Annie like. Okay, so after um Eddie burned, that same light that Charlie saw that took her to the um to her grandmother burning in a fire or whatever out in the fields, that that light came back and went into Annie, and it just cut to black after that, and then. You see Peter wakes up in his bed. Such a good shot, man. Oh, my God. You see him wake up in a bed, and then, like, above him in a dark corner, you just see Annie up in the corner just floating up against the yeah. wall. He doesn't even notice her. And then, like, she, like, crawls in the air and, like, gets out. And then by the time she leaves out, he looks up, and she's not there anymore. And then uh, he's just walking around. And just everything in slow motion. And um, he walks into the room where his uh, father's burnt up body and he sees him there. But he doesn't notice Annie is standing there in a the corner. And then he turns around and sees her. And then she automatically just starts running after him. And he automatically starts running too. And uh, it was, <laughs> this whole scene was crazy. So he goes up into the attic and he closes his up. And then. You see him in, you hear him in, no, you see him in the attic and all you hear is just this banging noise. And you're wondering like, what is that banging? Like, is she like banging her, like how is she banging her fist up against the wall? I mean, up against the door, if the door is on the ceiling, she's floating up on the ceiling on her hands and knees, banging her head repeatedly on the, uh, on the ceiling. And, uh, Peter's character, he's just crying nonstop, saying, Mommy, please stop. <laughs> I was laughing at that, unfortunately. I know it was such a big moment, but Alex Wolf did such a great job, but also just, it, got, it was just unfortunately funny sometimes. <laughs> uh, so um, he looks in the corner too when he gets in the attic. In that spot where the grandmother was, she wasn't there anymore. And I forget how, but somehow Annie's scared to get back up in the attic and she's floating and she has, I want to say, piano wire and she's chopping off her own head with the piano wire. And you don't like first you just see it um, like her going back and forth with the piano wire, sawing off her own head. And then they show Peter just his reaction to it. And then all you hear is a thud, like you hear the body drop. You don't see the body drop, but you know what's happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, Peter starts to run, and he sees a dead man, not dead man, a naked man standing in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> it is, so he runs and jumps out the uh, 
window and uh that's when the light went into peter when he went when he fell out the window the light went into peter um then peter wakes up he goes up into the treehouse that charlie likes to sleep in and uh all he sees is like all the caught people in there like bowing their head to charlie's decapitated head and he even sees his he sees charlie charlie's body annie's body and a, the grandmother's body all bowing to the head of charlie and uh then john comes up and says uh charlie don't be scared uh this is your new body or whatever blah 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 and uh you aren't charlie anymore you are king payment uh king of the eighth gate or hell or some shit like that and uh everybody saw young hell payment over and over again and then the movie ends (sighs) that movie man when i first saw it uh, everyone was you know split on it and everyone either hated it or loved it i was one of the people who hated it because i didn't understand a lot of it and Mm -hmm. that twist ending really pissed me off and because i wasn't smart enough so i went (laughs) <laughs> home watch theories on it and it grew on me at first i thought it was bad and i you know came around to it and now yo you did good with describing it that whole time because you know i didn't remember it thoroughly like you did and like yeah. it was like a book on tape and that was good and i was picturing the whole entire movie inside my head so maybe i will give it a spooky didn't think i was going to because <laughs> i i went into the movie like a lot of people with this this generation of just looking for a, a quick scare this is a slow burn, a psychological thriller. It's supposed to make you feel unsettled and whatever. Unfortunately, I got bored through a lot of it. I remember when they were sitting in Joan's apartment, I was checked out. I was like, well, this is dragging. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> Nothing is happening. Like, Charlie's dead, but, you know, they're just fighting with each other. I don't care. And then, you know, the the piano wire scene was cool. The uh steve gone fire and whatnot yeah well i don't what i still don't understand okay so is charlie adopting the persona of the demon or is it the demon inside his body now <sighs> okay is it, so is it or whatever his name is or is it charlie or is it charlie just acting as the new payment okay. or- charlie here's what i think and uh a lot of these youtube uh People think, okay, so in the movie, they clearly state that um, payment cannot be in a woman. It needs a, it needs a male host. Okay. Or, that's why Annie's mother was trying to be with Peter when he was a baby. Mm-hmm. And Annie wouldn't allow it at all. So when Charlie was born, I guess the mother put like payment spirit into charlie like when i don't understand how but like people have been saying like when she was breastfeeding her like that's how she was doing it because i believe that her first husband was payment the, the husband who um starved himself to death because he was super old and he died or whatever and so she tried to put payment into annie's brother and that's why he hung himself because he said that his mom trying was trying to, to put a voice inside his head, pure people, right. whatever. Okay. Yeah. So I'm guessing Charlie had payment in her this whole time. But I thought she he couldn't go into a woman's body. He couldn't. And I think maybe that's why she was so off. And I don't think he would have been able to last on her body anyway. So that's why they planned on killing her. I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. I guess they planned on killing her and then putting her spirit into Peter's body, I guess. Uh, there's a cu- there's a couple of loose ends of this movie. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because I was confused just in general. And then people are explaining more like you. And I'm like, oh, this is starting to make sense. And you, we try to figure out more and you can't. I wish <laughs> they would comment on. I think the more I learn about this movie and the the substance to it, I like it more of the, the, the subtle nuances and whatever. But like how everything was planned, like, you know, him crashing the car and killing Charlie and whatever, you know, Joanne or whatever. Like everything was so calculated, which is which makes the movie better. When you're first initially watching it though, and I guess if you're not catching on, you're getting bored like I did, you're gonna come out of that theater and you're gonna be like, uh, okay. The only thing that threw me off when I first saw it 
was the naked people. I'm, I, I thought they were like, because they were so pale. I thought they were like zombies or something. I'm like, why is there zombies at the end of the movie? I don't understand it. But then I realized they were cult members. <laughs> but that's the only thing I didn't get. Oh, also, I didn't understand why Joan was yelling, get out. But now I get it now. I mean, I got it after I saw it the second time. Because <laughs> she was across the street yelling, telling Peter to get out. Because that's what you do when there's a demon inside of you. You you yell and tell the demon to get out. Like, get out, demon. Uh-oh. She's telling Peter's spirit to get out that body. It's no longer yours. I expel you. Oh. Yeah. Wow. She's trying to get Peter's soul out the body. <laughs> well, I'll give this movie a lot of a lot more credit than I originally did. For, you know, the psychological thriller, it was unsettling. The, you know, Tony Collette did a great job. Um, Alex Wolf surprisingly was good. You don't expect a naked brothers band guy to, <laughs> to be good at anything. Like the other fucking guy was in death note and he sucked fucking Nat Wolf ruined death note. That's oh whatever. God. Yeah. <laughs> making a second one. <laughs> um, oh uh, you know, everyone was pretty good in that family besides Steve. Fuck Steve. Um, he tried his best. No, he didn't try hard <laughs> for me. Fuck that guy. But, uh, yeah, obviously we're both going to give a spooky. Derek did convince me rerunning this movie back in my head. It was like I was watching it again because Derek explained most of it because I sat there because, you know, I watched this movie like, well, I don't remember when it came out. Is it last last year? Has it almost been like a year and a half or something? I don't remember. So I didn't really want to rewatch it. It's not even though I do like this movie now. I don't think I want to rewatch it. I think it's a little too com- uncomfortable of a yes, viewing. Yes, it's hard. So you want to? You said so you've seen it five times. Um, yeah. I can never do that to myself. Like, <laughs> That's because I keep showing people it, but I I don't know if I can watch it by it's myself just like, again. No, nah, it's just like putting psychological scars on yourself. It's uh, you know, <laughs> and if if it's doing that, it did its job, and I I'll, I'll you know what? I'll give it a spooky. Fine, you know. No. <laughs> I win. Yeah, you you won. Yeah, I didn't see it coming, but you know, <laughs> good for you. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> well, um, you guys uh, requested this in a poll, and it, it it tied with strangers, so you'll be getting both of them. Um, uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so this has been the Spooky Duke Podcast. I'm Mike. I'm Derek. Keep it spooky. Stay dookie. Got it right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>